0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today's sermon is titled, Jesus, Our Perfect High Priest. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Now here is our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, we are ignorant and erring people. But you are our Heavenly Father, and you are the one who sent your Son to become our High Priest, a great High Priest, a sympathizing High Priest, a welcoming High Priest, a perfect High Priest, a High Priest who is the source of eternal salvation, a High Priest who is the Savior of the world. O God, we surrender our minds to you, enlighten us by your spirit, that we may know this great high priest, that he is also the perfect victim, that his atonement has been accepted by our heavenly father. And now every erring and ignorant sinner, if he turns to God, His sins will be forgiven on the basis of this high priest and the atonement he has accomplished once for all in our behalf. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and you'll be saved eternally and you will know what it means to know and live for God and you will know what it means to be happy in Jesus so God help us to understand your son Jesus Christ our only high priest in whose name we pray amen you may be seated Hebrews chapter 5 and look at verse 8 there is an error There is no perfect translation. They always come and tell you by this and by that. But there is an error here, and it is also in English Standard Version recently introduced. In verse 8, it should be translated, Son though he was. Son with capital letter. He's speaking about the eternal Son, Son, though He was. I want to speak to you from chapter five of Hebrews one through ten. Jesus, our perfect high priest, is our perfect high priest to deal with our problem the problem of sin, the problem of ignorance, problem of wandering away from God. We are weak, we are sinners, we need a perfect high priest, and we need a perfect victim to be our substitute. We need a perfect mediator, who is both perfect God and perfect man, to reconcile weak and sinful people to a holy God. Such a perfect high priest we have, in whom we Have eternal salvation. I want you to know all our weaknesses are due to our sin. In Adam, we all have become sinners. And we ourselves practice sin daily. We transgress God's law. And so God's wrath is against sinners. Sinners who are hell bound. The question is who will save us. From the wrath to come. The answer Jesus Christ. Our perfect high priest. Brothers and sisters. We cannot save ourselves. God must save us. If he does not we are damned forever. By grace alone are we saved. So God instituted a sacrificial system. And an Aaronic priesthood. For sinners in the Old Testament a sacrificial system and a priesthood that pointed to Christ who was the high priest after a different order of priesthood the order of Melchizedek a universal priesthood and an eternal priesthood so we must take a look at the qualifications of our great high priest First. He is human. We are told in this chapter every high priest is chosen from men. We don't need an angel. We are human. So we need a human high priest to redeem humans. We need a human high priest. And so in chapter 2 verse 16 we read for surely it is not angels he helps. There is no plan of salvation. For Fallen angels. For surely it is not angels He helps, but Abraham's descendants. A human high priest is able to sympathize with the humans who are sinners, who are ignorant, who are wandering, who are weak. Secondly, we have a high priest who is sympathizing, aronic high priest. Were themselves sinners. Turn to chapter 5 and verse 2. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant. And are going astray. Since he himself is beset with weakness. Better translation. Beset. Encompassed with weakness. And you can read. Exodus 32 verse 21 this speaks about the sin of Aaron and you can go home and read Zechariah 3 1 through 6 about the filthy garments of the high priest Joshua which by God's grace has been removed professor Morris speaks about the high priests of the new testament times and he says in the first century as the high priest laid his hands On the head of the animal he would say. O God. I have committed iniquity and transgressed. And sinned before thee. I and my house and the children of Aaron. Thy holy people O God. Forgive I pray. The iniquities and transgressions and sins. Which I have committed and transgressed and sinned before thee. I and my house. Only then he was able to minister on behalf of the people. So high priest on the day of atonement had to offer sacrifice for his own sins, a bullock and offer sacrifice for the sin of the people, a goat. We read about that in Leviticus 16 which is what the writer has in mind in chapter 5 of the Hebrews. Two times the high priest must go to the Holy of Holies to sprinkle the blood of these sin offerings upon the mercy seat. And because the high priest himself was a sinner, he was able to deal gently, not harshly, with those who were ignorant and erring from the way of the Lord. Of course, there was no atonement for the defiant and rebellious. And you can read that in Numbers chapter 15, verse 29 and 30. Atonement only for the sin of ignorance. But if you sin defiantly, no atonement. You must be cut off from the people. We read about that even in chapter 10 of this epistle. Verse 26 and 27. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Sympathizing high priest. Number three. A high priest was ordained by God, appointed by God. It was a great honor to be a high priest of Israel, a mediator between God and man. So we read in verse 4, if you look at it, no one takes this honor upon himself. A high priest was directly appointed, ordained by God. But there were people who wanted to be priests and high priests. And God killed them. I don't have time to tell you. Read number 16 and 17. Korah and company rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And God said, I'm going to put an end to this strife. Bring 12 staffs. And the one who buds and blossoms and bears fruit is the one I have chosen and we are told that it was the staff of Aaron and God killed the rest of them. And in 2nd Chronicles 26 we find Uzziah the king he also wanted to become priest to offer sacrifice and God struck him with leprosy and he died. He will not put up with people who take this honor upon themselves. Pastor T.K. Thomas of India said there are three types of preachers. Those who call themselves, those who are called by others, and those who are called by God. And Pastor P.G. Matthew from India, he says 10% of people are called by others. 80% of preachers are called by themselves, and 10% are called by God. A number of years ago, the president of a seminary spoke to the freshman class in this way. Unless the Lord has called you to study for the ministry, we don't want you to be here. So a high priest, I say, was ordained by God, called by God, appointed by God. Even so, Jesus Christ first of all, was human to help humans like us. So we read in chapter 2 and verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free us from the devil and from death. But there's a difference in terms of our high priest, Jesus Christ. Unlike Aaron and his descendants, Jesus Christ was sinless. And so we studied that last week, chapter 4, verse 15. Of Hebrews for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin. He was tempted and he overcame temptation never yielded to sin. Or turn to chapter 7 verse 26 and verse 27. Such a high priest meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above heavens. Unlike the other priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and so on. Paul says the same thing, Second Corinthians 5 verse 21, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We needed a perfect priest, a sinless one, A sinful priest needs atonement for himself. A sinful priest needs a savior. A sinful high priest can save no one. Jesus Christ was sinless. Yes, he was tempted in every way, just like us. But never yielded to temptation. He was victorious over every temptation. So he is able to sympathize with us in our weaknesses and help us in our time of temptation. He will make a way out for us along with temptation. We needed also a mediator who is both God and man. One person in two natures to reconcile us to God and understand us and represent us and that his atonement may have infinite efficacy Jesus is God man. So also we needed a perfect victim to be sacrificed in our place as our substitute. We are told in this epistle the blood of bulls and goats cannot save anyone. And we have such a perfect victim in Jesus Christ God man. He did not offer an animal. He offered himself in our place. And Jesus Christ himself did not take this honor upon himself. He was ordained by God. God chose his eternal son to be our high priest. And so the author quotes Psalm 2 verse 7. In verse 5 here in chapter 5. You are my son today I have become your father. And then he quotes 110 Psalm verse 4. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. He didn't take this honor. He was given this honor. He was ordained by God the Father. God appointed his son to be the eternal high priest. His son is the king eternal. Chapter 1 verse 13, as well as Psalm 110 verse 1. He is the king eternal, king of Davidic family. But the author of this epistle is the only person in the new testament who brings out this idea that he is not only the king eternal but he is also the high priest eternal in the history of Israel priesthood and kingship did not combine in one person the Qumran community was expecting in the new testament time expecting of two messiahs a royal Messiah of Davidic line and an Aaronic Messiah a high priest they fail to realize that in Jesus Christ these two officers are united and combined Jesus Christ is king eternal and he himself is our eternal high priest not after the order of Aaron but of the order of Melchizedek which is eternal and universal priesthood Aaron only represented the Jewish people but Jesus Christ after the order of Melchizedek represented all the peoples Jew and Gentile turn with me to chapter 1 in the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things and through him he also made the universe the Son is the radiance of God's glory and exact representation of his being sustaining all things by the powerful word after he has provided purification for since he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven one person fulfilling not only two but three offices and we preached that when we dealt with that chapter prophet, priest and king one person read Psalm 110 it tells you the same story that he is the king and he is also the Messiah and turn with me to the book of Zechariah the prophecy of Zechariah chapter 6 there is a prophecy that speaks about the time when these two officers will be combined in one person the office of king and office of the priest Zechariah chapter 6 beginning with verse 11 take the silver and gold and make a crown and set it on the head of the high priest Joshua the son of Dehosedek tell him this is what the Lord Almighty says here is the man whose name is the branch which is a messianic title And he will branch out from his place and build the temple of the Lord. It is he who will build the temple of the Lord. And he will be clothed with majesty. And will sit and rule on his throne. And he will be a priest on his throne. And there will be harmony between the two. One person. Fulfilling two offices. Number four. He is a suffering high priest. The purpose of the son's incarnation. Apostle John says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The purpose of the son's incarnation was to do what Adam, our representative, failed to do. So we read in Psalm 40 verse 6 through 8 which is quoted in Chapter 10, 5 through 7. Let me read to you. What is the purpose of incarnation? Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Incarnation. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll I have come to do your will, O God. The son came to do the will of God perfectly. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 53 and verse 10, the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Specifically, the death of Jesus Christ for our sins. And he came to John the Baptist to be baptized without confessing sins. For he had nothing to confess he came to fulfill all righteousness he said he began his public life with baptism and finished it by the baptism of the death of the cross he walked the way of the will of God the way of righteousness the narrow way the way of the cross without yielding to temptation turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 50 that speaks about the son's obedience Isaiah 50 You read from verse 5. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. That means he told him what to do. And I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. I offered my back to those who beat me. My cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. Suffering. Let me tell you brothers and sisters. Forget about the theology that there is no suffering. Prosperity. Everything is nice. It is the doctrine of demons. Or let me put a Damnable doctrine of demons. So you can easily memorize. Suffering is part of our doing the will of God. Jesus learned obedience in the school of suffering. He chose the way of suffering. He learned from experience what it was to obey when obeying meant suffering. So his father was pleased with him and he said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. With all his frailties in a fallen world he fully obeyed the will of the father and he lived a life of dependence and he lived a life of prayer and he taught his disciples to pray that they may not enter into temptation and he taught his disciples to pray "Thy will be done and he taught them to deny themselves daily take up the cross and follow him to death so we are told here in the In this chapter 5, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears. And the specific reference, we believe, is reference to Gethsemane. Where he experienced intense agony of hell, sweating blood. Mark 14 verse 34, Luke 22 verse 44 and so on. He did not cry out to God to save him from physically dying. So many people died physically. The death of crucifixion but he was greatly troubled because of the eternal death he was about to die for the sin of the world. He became the worst sinner though he knew no sin. The sins of the world was put upon him. He was to suffer what The book of Revelation calls the second day. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He was about to be forsaken by his father. And he was to be cut off from his cherished communion with the father. He was about to go to hell. So he prayed with loud cries and tears. Theologian Westcott speaks about three kinds of prayer one is silent prayer the other is crying prayer the other is prayer of tears and he tells us tears overcome all obstacles there is no door through which tears do not pass and I would say prayer of tears goes directly to the throne of God and we are told the father heard his prayer And we are told because of his eulabeah, reverent submission, godliness, fear of God. Or I would translate because of his obedience. God doesn't hear the prayers of rebels. Because of his reverent yieldedness, surrendered life for the will of God. The word eulabeah is used in chapter 12 verse 28 Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Now look at the worship that is going on around this country and around the world. It is pure entertainment for the assembled people. Nothing to do with worship you'll obey and awe, no consciousness of a holy God in the midst of the people he cried out loud shouts and tears and the Lord heard and we are told an angel was sent angel appeared to him and strengthened him and I would say his prayer was heard Because God raised him from the dead. On the third day. Jesus fulfilled God's will by actively obeying his father. And passively obeying his father by the death of the cross. He so obeyed the father for our benefit. He accomplished redemption for us. Number five. He is a perfect high priest after the order of Melchizedek Adam became a sinner plunging the whole world into sin and Aaronic priesthood was imperfect because of the sin of the high priest we needed a high priest who was perfect who would perfectly obey the father actively and passively and Jesus said always Not my will, but thine be done, in spite of the pain and the suffering. Through his perfect obedience, he became a perfect high priest of God. A perfect mediator, a perfect substitute victim on our behalf. So he alone is completely qualified to be our high priest son though he was he was eternal son yet he learned obedience through suffering and was made perfect turn to chapter 2 and let me read from verse 10. in bringing many sons to glory it was fitting that god for whom and through whom everything exists should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. There was no other way. Listen carefully. He did not move from disobedience to obedience like us. No. He moved from untested to tested and proven to be obedient. He did not move from imperfection to perfection. He moved from perfection to tested and proven perfection perfect high priest. Number six, we are told that he became Aetios, the source of eternal salvation. From eternal son comes eternal salvation. There is no other high priest. There is no other mediator between God and man. There is no other savior. He alone is the well of salvation. All must come to him and drink. Come unto me and drink. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. He gives living water to the sinful Samaritan woman. He is the source of salvation. He is the source of eternal salvation. No one else. He is our propitiation. He is our salvation. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who, that is Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is righteousness, holiness, and redemption. He is the source. He's the well. He's the only source. He's the only well of salvation. There is no other Savior. Number seven. He's the Savior. is the Savior of all who obey Him. Pay attention to that. It's very important. Most theologians don't want to deal with it. Verse 9. And once made perfect, He became the source of eternal salvation to all to all who obey him let me tell you this is eternal salvation when jesus saves a sinner he saves him not for a day that's called fad means for a day it is ephemeral when jesus saves a sinner he saves him not for a day but eternally because he is the source of eternal salvation Now that is an Old Testament idea. Turn with me to Isaiah 45. And verse 17. Old Testament doesn't speak about a fad salvation. Isaiah 45 verse 17. But Israel will be saved by the Lord. How? With an everlasting salvation. sir. And Hebrews 9 verse 12. Turn with me to it. Let us read this. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves. But he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. Having obtained what sir? Eternal redemption. Eternal. And turn with me to chapter 9. Again verse 15. For this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. That those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. And chapter 13 verse 20 speaks about eternal covenant. Eternal son sacrifice once for all offered obtained eternal redemption. Jesus Christ has no successor. He gives you eternal salvation. Secure you are forever. Let me tell you that, if Jesus saves you by grace, you will obey him throughout your life. Notice, chapter 5, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. That obey is in perfect, in present tense, means throughout your life. To believe in Jesus, and disobey him at the same time is anti-Christian and it is a phenomenon of countries characterized by material prosperity and political peace it is a damnable doctrine of demons if you habitually disobey Jesus Jesus did not save you it is a false claim you are making. Antinomians are antichrists. Turn with me to 1st John chapter 1 and verse 6. Apostle John didn't know that you can be antinomian, anti-christian. Here we are told chapter 1 verse 6 first John, if he claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. First John 2 and verse 4, the man who says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar, <laughs> liar, 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 your pants on fire. <laughs> the truth is not in him. And St. Paul says "Listen, Romans chapter 1 and verse 5. The calling he received from God the commission. Through him and for his name's sake we receive grace and apostleship. To call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience of faith. And he repeats that in chapter 16 of Romans verse 26. Turn with me to Acts chapter 5 and verse 32. Listen to what St. Peter is saying. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has foreordained that we should walk in them, and so on. But finally turn to Matthew chapter 7. Let me read from verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy, and so on. Verse 23, then I will tell them bluntly, plainly, clearly, I never knew you. Away from me, you antinomians. Good tree produces good fruit. Bad tree produces bad fruit. Very simple. He is the source of eternal salvation to all who are obeying him. Present tense. Theologian Philip Hughes says that eternal salvation of which he is the source is a reality in the experience of those who obey him. Theologian Westcott says, Continuous active obedience is the sign of real faith. Examine yourselves. If Jesus saves you by grace, by grace you shall live an obedient life. What God has united, no one shall put asunder. Jesus is both Lord and Savior. He is both Lord and High Priest. And he saves. He saves today. He saves now. Notice everyone, Jew and Gentile, because his priesthood is of the order of Melchizedek, universal. He saves everyone who obeys him. He never saves anyone who disobeys him. You are to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Which is an acknowledgement, you are his subject and servant. And he saves us with eternal salvation, secure forever, nothing in all creation. is able to cut you off from God's salvation if Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered we are not exempt it is he who said called us to discipleship deny yourself daily take up the cross and follow me to death but don't worry about death to me to live is Christ and to die is gain in conclusion let me ask you if you are a sinner you have a savior perfect high priest perfect victim whose sacrifice has been accepted by the father and Jesus Christ is the only savior he accomplished eternal salvation surrender to him and be saved forever today I started saying that we have problem he solved our problem forever number two if you are saints, if you are saved by Jesus, the great high priest and only saviour, know that he is not only the high priest, he is also eternal king. In fact, he is prophet, priest and king. Ask yourself, do you obey him gladly? If not, your profession is false, you are not a Christian. But if you are an obedient Christian, rejoice and proclaim this eternal salvation shall we rise and let us pray heavenly father We were ignorant and erring people of weakness people of sin hell bound thank you heavenly father that you loved the world and gave up your only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life eternal salvation. Lord, this is by pure grace, unmerited favor, a grace that saves us, a grace that enables us to love you and obey you and walk in the straight and narrow way to the end. Oh God, save your people, save everyone and cause your people to rejoice in this eternal salvation accomplished through Christ and applied to us by the Holy Spirit. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory. Come back again soon for more life-changing sermons from Pastor P.G. Matthew.